You know, every once in a while you get an idea and you, you don't know if it's going to work. So I have no idea if this is going to work this morning, but we're going we're gonna to try it. As I start my sermon out this morning, I, I'm just going to ask if some people be willing to help me uh, kind of with an opening illustration. I'm not going to ask individually. I know you guys have already figured out, never raise your hand and agree to anything that I, I ask you to do. But, uh, but if you could, if you just feel led, I don't, if you don't want to do it, I don't want you to feel pressured. If everyone else in the church gets up to do this and you don't, don't feel bad about it. I would personally probably, but don't, no, don't feel pressured to do this. But I, I'm just going to ask and I'll kind of talk about what it's, what, what it's about. If just in the next moment or two, if a few of you be willing to make a donation. And really what I want you to do is just, if you've got some coins in your pocket or some coins in your purse, if you could come up and just put them in, in this jug, I, I would, and, and really, while I'm talking, this is, I'm serious here, I'm not, it's no trick. Uh, if you just come up and put those in there, I would appreciate it. Let me, now I'll tell you what it's for. Uh, someone's got to be first. Come on. I, and I was going to get a plant. All right. Kidman. Amen. What, what this money's going for, and this is legit, we're going to, uh, all right, Kidman, way to go. Now, you can't take any out of it, just by the way. What we're going to do with this this money, uh, over the next few weeks, we're, if you've got some coins you want to throw in there, we're going to actually give this money to some families in Mexico. We're going to be there in about a month. And uh, and, and and for the family that we're building for, I found out this week who we're building for. It's a, a an elderly gentleman with his, his daughter. Thank you, guys. You guys are doing wonderful. Um, I'm going to have to talk loud for the noise there. Uh, an elderly guy with his daughter, and she has three kids, and we're going to... I mean, Jim had a pocket full. Way to go, big guy! Oh, and and uh, and so one of the one of the things we're going to do with this money is we're going to get give it to that family, uh, just to be a blessing to the, uh, to them while we're going. Through. You know what? Actually, this is going a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> so, so I'm going to have. Can I ask for people to stop? No, just keep on coming. We'll uh, we're going to have two offerings today. We're just going to keep on going and. And, uh, and go with there. If you have your Bibles, I'll just kind of keep on going and then we'll, we'll get to the point I'm going to make with this. Ooh. Did you hear that noise, Nick? Remember we were talking in class about noises and things? No, I know what that was. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 12. As Jim mentioned, uh, we're, we're looking in the Gospel of Mark. Oh, uh, have been for several months now. Mark chapter 12. And we're going to see a story there, uh, and this story might be one of those things where you think Jesus is teaching one, one story. He's trying to teach one lesson, but I think you're going to find out that possibly the lesson that, uh, that he's teaching is, is quite different than that. <laughs> oh, you guys messed me up by doing this. I mean, you're, you're doing too good. I'm going to mess my point. I appreciate that. Now, now here, here's what I want you to show. I appreciate you guys dropping your coins in there, you know, filling out your pockets, but, you know, I want to show you how to do it. This is how you do it. Except you can't get it to go. I should have tried this at home. I'm just going to leave that set there. So, here's the point. Um, <laughs> oh, mercy. Some things seem like a great idea when you, when you, when you start there. Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells a story, or, or a story is told about, about Jesus. Yeah, can you clean up my mess there? I appreciate that, Israeli. 
Tell you what, Rayleigh, would you do this? Would you just get the rest of that to go in there? No, okay, okay, you don't have to. <laughs> what was supposed to happen, I was, I was only supposed to have a couple of you come up and do that, and then I was going to dump my big old jug of stuff in there so that you felt bad that you only gave a few coins and only a couple of you did it, but you guys messed up. Man, I should have You just gave too much there. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 12, you're going to understand what I was trying to illustrate there as we get started. Uh, Jesus sat down opposite the place. We're at the end of the chapter, starting with verse 41. Uh, up to this point, Jesus was in, uh, in Jerusalem. It's the last week of his life, literally the last few days of his life. Uh, he was there for the Passover meal. The, there were thousands. The, the, the population of Jerusalem had, had exploded three or four times what it normally was during this period of time. Uh, everywhere Jesus went, just like through his ministry, there were crowds. He had been teaching and, and actually debating, going back and forth with people up to this point. And, and then this story, which is kind of a, a little bit of an odd refrain in, uh, uh, in, in Jesus' life. There, Verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, kind of like this, and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich, rich people threw in large amounts. That was supposed to be represented by my, my jug. Uh, didn't work out too good. But, but a poor widow, that's you guys, a poor widow came in and, and put two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had uh, to live on. There's good news. We're going to see it from a, a couple different uh, aspects here this morning. There's good news. Jesus sees our heart. He knows where our heart is and what our, our, our heart is. The first thing we see in this passage is that, and it's kind of an odd situation. This is, this is not typical of what happened in Jesus' ministry. In fact, as far as I know, this is the only time I remember seeing anything like this. It says Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were. Jesus, Jesus watched the crowd, in other words. Instead of being at the, the forefront of the crowd, instead of being at the center of attention, instead of being the one where the crowds were coming to, Jesus walked over in the temple, uh, probably the, the court of the women, and walked over where all the offering jugs were, and there would have been probably 13 receptacles set up there for, for people to put various offerings in. Some, just the men would put in a temple tax, others would put offerings in different places to go to different things. Uh, and, and as, as that was going on, it says Jesus went over and sat down, and he watched the crowd. Now, it must have been, now this is going to seem odd, but it must have been pleasing, uh, it must have been pleasing for Jesus to watch them give their offerings. Just like, it's kind of really cool to watch you guys just come up and, and, and drop, drop in. That had to be pleasing for Jesus to sit in the temple and watch people give. I, I went to a funeral um, about a week and a half ago over in Effingham, Kansas. Uh, Florence Hintz, uh, the mother of, of a good friend of mine had passed away. Florence had lived a wonderful life, uh, 91 years old, I, I believe, and just a sweet, sweet, godly, godly woman. And, and, and during the service, one of the guys that spoke told this story about, about her. They were talking about a time when, uh, when her husband, George, was still alive, and, and, and they'd been married, I think, a little bit over 50 years, and it was towards the end of that, that, that time before George passed away. They had a, a large family gathering, and they, they were describing it this way. He said the, the whole family was there, their, their kids and, and, and a bunch of grandkids. And, and so the kids and, and their spouses were talking and, 
and, and telling stories and laughing and having a good time. The grandkids that, that vary from small kids up to teenagers were running around playing games and just having a great time. And the gentleman who was a cousin of hers that told this story said, in the middle of all that sat George and Florence and, and said they sat on the couch. Around them was, was the chaos of their family. Kids doing this and that, grandkids running everywhere. And, the, and he said th- they were noticed sitting on the couch, holding hands and smiling as they sat there and just watched their legacy, as they watched their family, as they watched their kids, their grandkids, and they just sat there after almost 50 years of marriage and, and just enjoyed being with their family. There must have been a part of Jesus. Now, that's, this isn't the real story. We, we see the story goes a whole other direction here. But I have to believe when Jesus pulled away from the crowd and sat and watched them give their offerings as they came in and tossed their coins in, there must have been a part of Jesus that was pleased with that. Because when we give, when we give, we're actually, uh, we're actually worshiping. Giving is an act of worship. Uh, we're, we're told that God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, it's said that we shouldn't give, uh, give till it hurts. We should give till it feels good. And I think when we give and we give sacrificially, when, when we, when we worship God in an act of giving, I, that pleases God. And I think Jesus sat there. It's kind of a different story, but I think Jesus sat there and, and just watched them as they put their gifts in. And I, there was a part of him that thought, wow, they're praising my, my Father in heaven and, and then ostensibly Jesus. That must have been cool for Jesus to watch that. But even though he was pleased as, as he watched the crowd, uh, they had to be puzzled. Uh, do you remember, I, I, I love the movie Forrest Gump. Uh, do you remember the scene in, in the movie Forrest Gump when, uh, when he starts to run? He, he, he goes out of his house and, and, uh, if I remember the lines right, he said, I, I, for no particular reason, I just started to run. And then I, I ran to the edge of town and I just kept running. I got to Greenbow County and I just kept running. I got to the edge of Alabama and I, and he ran across the country back and forth and that's a, a big scene in the movie where, where he gets all these people that follow him. But at the very end of that scene, when he stops running, they're out in the middle, uh, actually somewhere in Utah, uh, out in the middle, and he just stops running. There's a group of people that have been following him, and they all stop. They're about 10 or 15 yards away. And he stops and just stands there. And the guy in the crowd says, shh, he's getting ready to say something. And, and do you remember what he said? Can anyone quote that line? I'm tired, kind of tired now. I think I'll go home. <laughs> And he turns around and walks through, and, and then probably the same guy in the crowd says, what? What are we supposed to do? I, I wonder, it must have been puzzling for people, because they were used to Jesus sitting watching. And, and, and when he went and he sat down, I imagine people were like, shh, 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 he's getting ready to say something. Now, now he ended up doing that, but, but I'm sure they were thinking, he's going to talk. He's going to say something really profound. This is going to be really cool. And I think they probably were disappointed because he just sat there and he watched. So I, I think they had to be, they had to be puzzled uh, uh, as, as Jesus just sat there and watched them uh, put their offerings in. And then, and we know where the story goes. Uh, and maybe it, was, maybe it was one or two guys that flipped the narrative there that, that caused it to go a different direction. Although I think this whole thing was set up because Jesus had a plan uh, a teaching that he was going to give, but uh, 
But, but then as he sat there and watched the crowd, it must have been prophetic. It must have been pathetic when, when he saw that some of them were perverting. Some of them were missing the point. See, some of them were coming up there with big old jugs of, of, of coins and they, they were just trying to, and, and, and how that makes noise, that's exactly what they were doing. Uh, see, in the temple, there would have been 13 receptacles and, and the top of those receptacles were a bell-shaped, metal bell-shaped contraption. So when you put your money in, it made noise. So, so when you dropped your coins in, it would, it would make a metallic sound. And, and probably what was happening is, and this is what turned the narrative, a couple of rich guys, or maybe it was one, maybe it was three, come walking up and, and it, they probably came up and pushed people aside like, I'm here now. And, and they got their coin purses out and they started tossing money in. And, and maybe they stood here and, and threw one over there and one over there and, 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 and it was the sheer volume, the sheer length of time that they were tossing coins in to draw attention to themselves. See what we're doing? We're, we're putting in lots of money. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if Jesus didn't think, boy, that's pathetic, and that's what led to this story, to watch them miss the point. Years ago, Reed and I were back in Illinois uh, visiting, and uh, I had kind of a similar thing, situation happen. I, we, my wife and I still laugh about it occasionally. Uh, my, my mom uh, basically raised a couple of my, uh, uh, one of my niece and, and nephews. Um, my, my sister... Uh, God bless her. Just, just wasn't real responsible to the kids. Now it wasn't like she was a bad mother, but but mom would take care of them. She was more than happy to let my mom raise her kids, and so mom mom babysat her. I bet I bet five out of seven nights they stayed at my mom's house, and 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 mom bought them everything and did everything. You know, when they were little, she babysat. When they went to school, she picked them up. You know, took them before school and after that 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 whole thing. And, and this happened a couple different times when we were home for something. Uh, my, my sister would make a great show of, of, of ripping a check out of her checkbook and laying it on the table for mom. You know, like, here, mom, here's the babysitting money. And then she would leave. And what she didn't know was that mom would then turn to look at us and like, it's the only time she pays me. It's when you guys are here. <laughs> she just wants to be seen. Uh, they they were giving, and certainly the temple could use their money, even if it was given from the wrong motive. Uh, but but they were doing it just to show. So Jesus Jesus watched the crowd. It's kind of an odd odd story, an odd reaction. But Jesus watched the crowd. But notice where the story goes next. He noticed the widow. He he certainly saw and that that what was pathetic. He saw the the rich that were just tossing coins in and clanking them against the metal. Metal bells on the top of the receptacles, and, and, and but 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 he noticed the widow. Uh, is this passage as we look at this? Is this passage about giving? Well, I guess well I'll make a point here in a, a bit about about giving, but but the real point I think the real story in this in this text really isn't about giving. I, I'm not here to thump you on the head and say, "Golly, you need to give," even though we start out that way. That's not the point of the story. Uh, the The point of the story is that Jesus saw. And and what it was, Jesus noticed this widow who was unseen. If there were a hundred people that, that day, it, it would be curious to, to to if you could have polled the the people that were there at the same time of this widow lady who dropped her couple small coins in there. 
It would have been interesting if you had polled 100 people. How many of them could have said, yeah, I saw that lady? Maybe you could have pulled out a picture, and have you seen this lady? Maybe one, possibly two. Maybe one of the rich guys who pushed her out of the way. I don't, but I, 99 of the 100 would have nope, never seen her before. She was, she was unseen. But Jesus, Jesus noticed her, even though no one else did. Jim Burns, an uh, uh, author and, uh, and speaker, uh, was often called on to speak, to provide uh, motivational speeches at schools. And he said when he had the opportunity, it didn't always work out this way, but, but if he had the opportunity, if he was speaking in the afternoon, he, he would get there early and go to the lunchtime at the school. And he said, I would just slip into the lunchroom, and, and at that point no one really knew who I was or, 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 or knew why I was there, but I would slip into the lunchroom. And it didn't make any difference if it was a rich school or a middle-class school or a poor school. There was always someone, oftentimes obviously more than just one. He said, I could always find that one person that was unseen. They might be sitting on a table all by themselves. Maybe, maybe their clothes weren't quite as trendy or, or, or fashionable as the person beside them. Maybe their hair was a little stringy. Uh, maybe, maybe they looked... Uh, Looked just a little bit different, or maybe they were were heavy, a little bit overweight. Maybe they their faces weren't very clear. But said you could always find them sitting off by themselves, where where tables would be full of uh, of teenagers just laughing and having a good time together. This person would sit there, and you could just see the sadness and the dejection and the loneliness in their eyes. And he said, said I would always go to that table, and I'd sit down and I'd introduce myself and I'd visit with them and just start to talk to them and ask them to share their story. Tell me a little bit about themselves. He said it was amazing then later on when he, when he spoke, he would always try to find them in the crowd and, and, and would reference them during his motivational speech. And he said it was always cool to watch that person when, when he would mention them by name and, and make a positive comment. You could just see them smile and, and have great pride. This woman was unseen. This woman was unseen. Remember who Jesus talked about in Matthew 25? You may not know the the text, but you know the story. Remember the story when the the parable about the sheep and the goats where uh, where Jesus said, basically a judgment, some will be separated over here, the sheep, and some over here, the goat. I got that wrong. On my right hand's the sheep, on my left hand's the goats. So so you got to decide, is is Jesus looking, are you on the right side or the left? Uh, Whether you're a goat or sheep. But remember that story he talked about about them, um, and and some of them were were given heaven, others of them were were not. And, and do you remember what it was? The one thing that separated them, the one thing that pulled out the one group that that were were the sheep. It was that they saw the least of them, the ones who were hungry and they fed them, the ones who were naked and they were clothed, the ones uh, who didn't have shelter and they provided shelter. Jesus pointed out that the ones, the ones who were seen. When when we see the unseen, that's what separates us. Jesus' life has illustration after illustration of him seeing people. Remember the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a uh, had, had a lot of reasons not to be seen. Number one, he was short. We know that from the song, a wee little man. But but he was a tax collector, so no one cared about him. And and on top of that, that day he climbed up in a sycamore tree. No one saw him except Jesus. He said, Zacchaeus. Zach, your house today. How about the the woman at the well in John chapter four that 
that, that came there at noon because no one else wanted to be around her. She was a, she was a, living a scandalous lifestyle. And so she came in the heat of the day so she didn't have to deal with any of the other ladies of the town. And, 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 and Jesus began to engage her in conversation and, and ended up having a spiritual conversation with this person who her first thought was, why are you talking to me? Jews don't talk to us Samaritans. But he saw the one that usually wasn't seen. How, how about children? In their culture, children were an afterthought. Children had no value. They didn't, they didn't care about them. And yet Jesus embraced the children. Jesus saw the children. John 8 tells the story of the woman caught in adultery. They threw him at Jesus' feet trying to use her as an example. But, but Jesus just didn't see her nakedness. Jesus saw the hurt in her heart. And he saw what was unseen. Now, I, I guess I... I would point out here a couple different applications. One application is simply this. Who, who do we need to see that we're not seeing? James chapter 1, verse 27 kind of describes to us how we're to see the world. He says, uh, there James says, religion that's pure and faultless is this, to take care of widows and orphans and keep yourself pure from the world or unstained from the world. Who are the, who are the unseen in your world? Who are the people that no one else has seen in your world? The truth is, they're all around us. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's that guy that's just a little bit different, a little bit odd. Yeah, no one else really talks to him. Maybe it's that, I know we're out of school, but you teenagers, you know who that person is at your school. I bet we could pull you together and you would say, yep, there's these five people. They're the unseen at my school. Maybe it's, maybe it's in our community or, or our, our sphere of friends. Here's the truth, guys. Maybe it's here in the church. Maybe there's some unseen people here in the church. And, and so my challenge would be, and, and it's one of the lessons that we learned from this passage, uh, the, the challenge is for us to see the unseen. No, no one else would have noticed this widow, uh, but Jesus did. Maybe there's ones we should be noticing. And, and, and here's another application. Uh, maybe, maybe we are the unseen. Maybe that's where your heart is today. And, and, and as I'm saying that, you're thinking, yeah, no, no one ever notices me. No one cares if I'm there. The, the reality, if Jesus saw this unseen woman here in the temple, who, who had really nothing to offer but a couple, a couple pennies, if Jesus sees her, then he sees, he's you. he sees you. Jesus, Jesus noticed this widow uh, who was unaffected. She was unaffected by her anonymity. Uh, now, I'd be interested if you guys are keeping notes to see how, di- how many different ways we spell that word, an- anonymity. But uh, uh, see if you can get, Google it on your phone and get it right. Uh, she was unaffected by the fact that she wasn't seen. She still gave her offering. Y- years ago at Rushville, we had a, when I was pastor there, we had, a, had kind of a church-wide garage sale. The purpose of the garage sale was to get people to donate, and then whatever we sold was going to... To, to support our mission trip. So, so we'd ask the people in the church, and you guys may have done that here before, to, to just bring stuff to the church and, 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 uh, and we were going to sell it and use those proceeds. We had a night designated, I think the day before, the Thursday night before, designated for people to drop stuff off the church. And, and as we were there, uh, having people come in, there, there was a lady, she was, 
She was a, a young mother, and she didn't have a lot, but she walked in, and, and in her hand was just a small bag, and it had a few children's clothes that she could spare. And she walked in, and, and she handed it to one of our ladies who was helping, and, and the lady just was just getting ready to say, thank you for your donation. When, when a guy walked in the door of the church, the basement door, and he had two great big old garbage sacks full of stuff. I don't know, it was clothes and all kinds of And he kind of walks in with fanfare and he's like, hey, I need some help. I got my pickup full of stuff. I got some great stuff out there. And as soon as he hollered that, the lady who was just getting ready to say to the, this young mother, thank you for your gift, set it aside and, and like, way to go, Jerry. We need people like you. And, and she grabbed a couple, come on, help me unload Jerry's truck because he's got a ton of stuff. Man, this is great. Now, she didn't say anything. In fact, I watched this this young mother go out and help unload the truck. But you see it in her spirit. You can see it in her heart. You see it in her eyes. Why, why did I bring this little bag? This widow seemed unaffected. Uh, unaffected by the fact that no one was seeing her. And, and quite honestly, unaffected by the amount. Unaffected by her anonymity. Unaffected by the, the fact that she only had just a little bit that she gave. She she probably knew it was insignificant. The, the, the coins she tossed in wasn't going to rebuild the temple. You, you weren't going to feed many four people with what she tossed in, in, in the offering, but she seemed to be unaffected by it. But notice what notice what happens next. Here's here's the here's a cool part of the story. Look at verse forty three. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said. Now couple things you might have thought Jesus would have would have said you, you might have thought Jesus would have would have pulled his disciples said hey guys come here and and would have pointed out the rich look at those guys who are giving that much money to the church the, he might have pulled them aside these are the ones you guys need to hit to develop relationships with if we're going to build the church when I'm gone if you're going to build the church these are the people you need. You've got to have big givers. You've got to have the high rollers. You, you might have thought Jesus would have said, come here guys, now, now let me give you some, let me give you some feedback, feedback on how you get these people to give. You, you make them want to give. You, you, you pull, no, that's not, that's not what he said. He, he, he said, disciples, come here. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. I, I wonder if the disciples, they, if they hadn't been just standing there staring as they were tossing coin after coin. And Jesus pulls them over and then he says, you, you know that lady that dropped in the two small coins? She gave more than everyone else. She gave the big amount. I, uh, a couple of years ago I attended, I, I won't say the organization, but I, I attended a, a fundraising banquet, uh, appreciation kind of banquet for a, a local a local charity, charity that I believe in that does some good work and, and appreciate the work they do. But uh, p- part of the evening was to thank you for thank everyone for helping, and then they, you know they were going to try to get you to pledge. Uh, and and Reed and I did, but we came away from that night almost feeling just a little worthless because because what we gave was nothing compared to what some of the the, the high rollers gave. And if I threw out some of the names, some of you would know the, the people that were mentioned. Because all the ones that were giving big stuff, they got pulled up on stage. and Oh, we thank this guy, man. We thank this company. And we thank, and God bless them for doing that. I'm sure their hearts are all in the right place. But, 
But I came away feeling like, oh, man, maybe, maybe what I gave wasn't that important because the only one that got attention, the one that patted on the back was these high rollers. Jesus kind of turns that on its head and turns that attitude on its head because Jesus said, look at her. She gave more than anyone. And, and here's the reason she gave out of, she gave out, gave out of her poverty. See, see, Jesus pulled them aside and said, I want you to see her faithfulness. Even though she has nothing, she's still faithful. Uh, when I first moved to Rushville uh, several years ago, I, I met one of the first Sundays, a little, a little old lady named Ella Sipe. She was like 95 when I first met her. Uh, uh, well, she probably wasn't that old, but she, she, she was old and she looked older than she was. But she's just kind of, kind of a widow lady that just looked that way. Ella was an interesting lady. Uh, nice lady, but she also, she also would put you in her, in your place and she didn't really care if it hurt your feelings or not. She's just kind of, kind of one that spoke her mind. Ella was very, very knowledgeable about the Bible. In fact, she loved to test me on Old Testament Old Testament trivia. She would throw, hey, do you, do you remember who this guy was? And, and more times than not, I'm like, oh man, I know the name. What was that? Uh, one of the questions she asked me one Sunday, hey, Tim, can you tell me who the left-handed judge was? Can any of you answer that? I asked that because I know the answer. Anyone know who the left-handed judge in the book of Judges talks about all, all the different judges? Anyone know who the left-handed judge was? I am really disappointed in y'all. Well, look it up. It was Ehud. Uh, just because he stabs a guy and he stabs him with his left hand. That's how we know he's left-handed. Uh, kind of a cool story. Uh, but so, so she would ask me stuff like that. And, and one Sunday we got talking about gardening and, and Ella said, so well, do you want to raise a garden? I've got some ground right behind my house. And I said, sure. And so she gave, she raised a small garden because she was getting up there in years and, and she gave me a big old section and, and I planted corns and corn and beans and all this kind of stuff and, uh, it, it was just probably a, a few weeks later that, that Ella came up to me and, and, and said something like this. Um, uh, are you going to weed your garden, Tim? <laughs> She's real subtle, wasn't she? Uh, it's getting pretty bad. I think you ought to get down there. And I only raised the garden a couple years, and I, I, her, her shaming me was just too much. But Ella eventually got so, so feeble that they, they had to put her in a nursing home. There's a little, little home over at DeKalb, and and, and every month, I would go over and visit her at the first of the month. She had asked me to do this. And, and she would take her Social Security check, and she would fill out a deposit slip and have me take it to the bank for her. No big deal. But after she filled out the deposit slip, she would take her checkbook, and she would write a check to Rushville Christian Church. Now, now, I guess maybe I should have just forced myself not to look at what her check was. Uh, Social Security or the check that she wrote, but hey, I'm human. You're curious, and and she was only getting a, a few hundred dollars every month, and her check to the church was exactly ten percent of that. Now the church was going to survive without her thirty or forty dollars. We we're, were going to be fine without that. But I, I had such great appreciation for this lady's faithfulness. God gives me, and I'm going to honor Scripture and write a check for 10% and give the church. Wow. So, so Jesus, Jesus calls his disciples, and he says, look at her faithfulness. And then, and then here really is the, the story. He says, look at her faith. Be, because all these other guys gave out of their, uh, 
gave out of their their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything that she had. See, there's good news. Jesus, Jesus sees our heart. And let me tell you something. I, I think there's there's times in heaven that, that that Jesus calls out to his his followers. He calls out to the the twelve, or or maybe he calls out to some of the faithful family members that we have in heaven that are waiting for us. There's times that I think he he says, "Come over here. Let, let me show you something." And he and he points down at earth and and he says, "Look at their faithfulness. Look at their faith." I think there's times that that God looks at, at our life and. And maybe it's finances, maybe it's your time, maybe it's your passion, maybe it's your efforts. I, I don't know what it is. But there's times when God calls his followers and says, look at their faith. Look at their faithfulness. He, he sees that and sees that in your life. There's good news. There's good news. Jesus, Jesus knows your heart. We're going to be a blessing in in four weeks. Actually, four weeks from today, we'll a group of us will be in Mexico, and I'm going to I'm going to leave one of these jugs up here for the next few weeks. And if you want to bring some coins and and drop them in, we'll we'll just take that money and literally hand it to a a couple different families and say, hey, we want to bless you. A little church in Troy, Kansas, that you don't even know where it is. One, we we just want to bless you and help you out a little bit. So if you want to bring coins over the next few weeks and. Um, and we will take dollar bills too if you want to drop those in. But drop that in and know we're just going to turn around and take that money and hand it to some people and, and, and say we want you to be blessed. Jesus saw this woman, saw her heart, and Jesus sees ours. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you this morning for your faithfulness to us. And Father, I thank you for the faithfulness of this congregation the faithfulness and the faith of the people that are part of this group. Lord, we, we are given so much and you ask us to just trust you. Uh, Father, you are the one who sees, the one who's hurting, the one who's struggling, the, the one who doesn't feel like anyone notices. Father, you notice. And just like this story says, this, this woman was unseen by everyone else, but Jesus saw her. Father, give us a heart this morning that's encouraged by the fact that you see us And Father, give us a passion to see the unseen in our life, to reach out and touch them. We thank this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning, I would would throw out a challenge. If you feel like coming forward and sharing your thoughts, I'd I'd be glad to accept that. But but more importantly than that, what I would challenge you to do is is where you sit, just be asking yourself and let be open to the Spirit. As Jim was saying earlier, you know, he's arguing with God. Do I say this? Do I not? God's going to place on your heart someone that's unseen. This morning, I would challenge you to make uh, make uh, make your heart available to that unseen person in your life that you can make a difference in. Would you stand as we sing?